Welcome to Sales Velocity TV, where we pull back the curtain on how the top businesses in the world sell more with less resistance. Bringing over 50 plus years of combined sales experience and over 100 million in revenue generated, please welcome the hosts of Sales Velocity TV and two incredibly entertaining gentlemen, Andrew Cass and Aaron Parkinson. Hey everybody, welcome to another one on manufacturing authority in any niche. I'm Andrew, that's Aaron. Got a good one here today. Aaron, I gotta show you this cool toy that I have here before we kick off. I like gadgets. I'm drinking coffee as I open this episode up. This isn't like, you know, anything that you probably don't know about, but check this out. This is a little, if you're watching the show on video, I can get this little baby up to 223 degrees, sits on the desk, gotta have a plug to get that. Coffee sits on it, keeps the coffee warm for hours. Game changer if you don't like your coffee to get cold. I'm a little bit of a snob with the heat and the cold. I don't like it when my beer gets cold either. You should see me at a restaurant. It's embarrassing. I'll get one beer and I'll ask them for a bucket of ice. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, this is – we'd like to share a gadget. This thing is super cool. It's – um, What's it called? I, it's, it says Cossery. It's just, you know, Google or Amazon, um, you know, hot plate or keep your hot coffee hot. It just, it lets it sit on 200, the cup sits on 220 degrees while I'm drinking it. Super cool because if you like to drink coffee slow, it's, I mean, tell me, is it annoying to you that halfway through the glass or the cup, it starts getting really cold and annoying? I never really These thought about it. These things don't bother much, you, do they? I feel now, like I'm on an I'm island over here. I can't wait for the first time you stick your elbow on that and light your sweater on fire. <laughs> It's not, no, listen, there's no fire coming out of this thing. It's just a little heat thing. It's just, it's a little, it's almost like a little hot plate. Remember in college, you, you used yeah. to have like those hot plates, but it's cool because the coffee stays, again, here it is. If you're watching on the, here we go, right? We got to start getting, running promo ads for stuff like this and get paid. Why now. am I not getting, yeah, I don't like it when I don't get paid to recommend cool products. You're absolutely right about that. It just doesn't I don't know. Itself, I, we we got to start thinking about this ahead of time and be like, do you want to sponsor the show today? Yeah, we really should. As we up-level our show in 2022, folks, we will. This is um, episode 63, I believe. It's year two of our show. If you're joining us for the first time, welcome. Um, we've become one of the top sales and marketing and business growth shows out there right now on every podcast platform. And it's a lot of fun for us because... We see so much throughout the weeks and the months looking inside of businesses, working with multi-million dollar clients, running multi-million dollar businesses. Our sales and marketing software company called Pipeline Pro drives and powers the show. And we see, God, we see business owners from all walks of life, members in 20 plus countries at this point. So you sort of get to leverage us as a curator of what's going on in the world of sales and marketing and really what's working online and off. And today's an important one because we're going to talk about the power of authority and how to build authority specifically in your niche, why it's critical today, because I think leadership is so lacking today that if you're an authoritative figure in your niche, you're the leader that they're looking for. And, and you know, we could go on a tangent on just the lack of leadership from top down across the world today. I feel like it's just... People just, I feel like more more today than ever, and you and I arguably, Aaron, we could say that we've really been in the leadership business over the last 15 or 20 years because the leadership business is leading large amounts of people in different communities and groups and in businesses. And we've done it probably collectively between the two of us, between running companies and running memberships and running events and, and running all we've run. 
we understand leadership and we understand the power of authority. And authority can sometimes come across, especially today, as a politically charged word. It is not. I think the specific literal definition of authority is like social political authority. But really what we're talking about is you being the expert and the go-to person in your space. That's what we want to we want to unpack today and show you some steps on how you can manufacture authority to become the most recognized player in your space. And I think that's what you really you best be after today or you're not going to get noticed too well. Well, yeah, and I think that the, the best way to sort of frame this for people when we talk about manufacturing authority is is, is the, the more authority you have in your space, the easier it is for you to make sales, to get people to engage in what you want to do, um, to basically move the needle. And so I'm just going to play a game with you, Andrew, right now, and I didn't tell you about this game earlier. So hey, I didn't tell you about spot. my hot pot either. That's what it was, a hot pot. Is that what it is? It's, it's okay, it's a hot pot. All right, Whatever. got it. Can we move on past the hot pot now? In a little bit. I'm still not quite over it. Okay. All right. Uh, is your coffee hot? You know, it's done. Yeah, it's good. All right. Go ahead. Okay, good. <laughs> Thanks so, for asking. I'm going to throw some industries out at you. No right or wrong answer, right? Who is your go-to when you're looking into things in the health space? <sighs> health is a little general and broad. Can you, can you, can you? Okay. Um, let's say nutrition. I would say Dr. Hyman, probably the most prominent functional medicine, nutrition-based doctor in the country. On all the TV okay. shows, PBS, you know, internet, TV, the whole nine. There you go. Okay. How about, we're just going to keep going. How about biohacking? Biohacking, Dave Asprey, Bulletproof, okay. Upgrade Radio. Okay. How about uh, digital marketing? Ryan Dice, digital marketer, probably one of the pioneers. Okay. Could also arguably you... say Russell Brunson, but he's more on the funnel side of things, right? Okay. I'm going to give you another one that's just random. How about sports talk? Sports talk, like talk radio? Yeah, like sports opinion. Uh, I don't know. I don't really – again, it's – I probably give that one to you because I don't really listen to a lot of sports talk radio. I just flip ESPN on the TV once in a while. Give okay. Me a, give me a minute on it though because I – How about – how about um, let's just – like how about news or you know anything that's, uh, that's like politics related? Uh, like authority figure, like a big yeah. name? In politics, I mean, if you just look at, I always look at both sides of the spectrum. So if I look at CNN and I look at Fox News, two opposite sides of the spectrum, I know who like the big names are on each, right? So you have um, um, Sean Hannity on the right, kind of the big name there. And then on the left hand, left side, you have, uh, you can say Sean King. He's a big name over there. Wolf Blitzer is a big name over there. But these aren't, okay. I mean, these aren't authoritative figures in the news, I don't think. They're just well, journalists. And and here's, here's the point of connecting it together, right? Is you watch slash listen to these people because they have authority in your mind, mm -hmm. right? You, for some reason, gravitate towards what they put out. And when you, when they have your eyes and your ears, the end result is, is that they can almost um, not control you, but direct you in any way that they want, right? Yes, so, yes, that makes sense. You know, I like Ryan the exercise, is, though. That's is, a good, that's a good, I like the exercise. That really makes you think about, yeah, who are these figures and the things I am right. interested in? So if Dave Asprey comes out and he says, I've got this brand new coffee and this brand new concept called Bulletproof Coffee, right. I'm sure you drank Bulletproof Coffees for quite some time. I had one yesterday, actually. Okay. If he comes out with a supplement, you're probably going to take it way more seriously because in your mind, he's an authority figure, right? It, it, if, to piggyback off that, he's done the research. He's got the science to back it. That's authority. 
and in your mind, he's got the authority, mm-hmm. right? And so you will listen to what he says and you will much, you are much more inclined to buy a product from him than right. you would from a random biohacker. 100%. Never heard of that just, you know, was like, hey, this new supplement does XYZ. Yep. Right. Yep. Exactly right. So that's what we talk about is authority is building that trust, that credibility, that constant visibility with your audience in your niche, because we have been trained since television came out in the fifties that we should trust, believe, and buy from people who we see constantly see, Mm -hmm. hear, read. That's why books are so valuable, right? Those things allow you to have so much more influence over the buying journey than really anything else on the planet. Right. Right. So the goal should be to become an authority figure in your niche. Right. The question is then how do you do it? Right. Right. And, and what I want to talk about is, is historically what had to happen to become an authority in your niche. Right. If we look back, say 20 years ago, in order to become an authority on, in your niche, the playbook was write a book, get on a shelf, get on the talk morning shows, get the interviews. Get the TV. Get the TV, right? Maybe get in the newspaper, right? Mm-hmm. Getting into the media sources that allow you to not only get in front of as many people as possible, but leverage the credibility of the media source itself. People liked, believed, trust the talk show hosts. They trusted the newspapers. Remember, they, hey, weren't those the days? Those were the days, right? Magazine. When you could get on TV and actually like we actually saw journalism. Those were right. the days. <laughs> right? I mean think about like the sole goal of like an aspiring entrepreneur to be on the cover of Time magazine. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Or, like, uh, or an athlete time, being on Sports Illustrated, right? Sure. Or Sports Illustrated. Like if Time says you're amazing – Everybody was like, clearly they're amazing. I'm, I, I, should I don't do even have to look into it, right? It's like the time nope. said it. Right? If you got interviewed by what was his name, like Dan Rather or any of this. Yeah, like, oh, yeah, yeah. That's it. You're going, you're going crazy. You're done. Like, right? And then there was the Oprah effect for a while, remember? Sure. Right? The Oprah effect was Woo! massive, right? Just, just getting um, on that show alone was like – Shark Tank today, just getting on sure. these shows alone, the business of the brands just explode without any real more movement than that. Because it's not just about visibility, it's about you getting to leverage the authority of the the brand yes. that, that you're on, the show so that you're, you're borrowing on some it. authority in that example. You know, the, the, the magazine, the television, the newspaper, the radio, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. We used to do a lot of campaigns with Sean Hannity, Howard Stern, radio, Glenn Beck, right? whatever. And when we were launching a product, we'd get them to do a live read and talk about our product. Hey, Ra- this radio, right? Amazing. Radio. On radio, right? I remember. This product is so amazing. You should go and check it out. Here's their website, whatever. We'd instantly see just an absolute onslaught. Driving people online, right? Right? Because they had authority and we were leveraging that. Now, if you look at historically, those media outlets are have been and still are extremely expensive to break into. Yes. You've got to get agents. You've got to do your commitments up front are huge, Right. Your the, the money out of pocket to break somebody through, you know, this is what we talk about with like record labels, right? The amount of money it takes to break somebody through the branding, mm-hmm. the talk shows, the DJs, the mm-hmm. all of that to break them through is enormous mm-hmm. back in the day, right? 
the advent of first the internet, right? Then blogs, then social media, now podcasts, now YouTube shows. Now you can accomplish the same thing that 20 years ago might have costed you a million dollars. Aaron, how about the cost of running a full – we were in this space. We're pretty internet guys. How about the cost of running a full-page ad in the USA today 15 years sure. ago? 50 sure. I grand. Had, I, had, I had Forbes pitch me on a full-page article about six months ago. They wanted $70,000. Still today in print? Wow. Yep. Wow. Right? And so, I, to be honest, I didn't see the benefit of what I would get from immediate no. – response of clientele, but I did see it as an opportunity to leverage it as a piece of credibility in my marketing. Yeah, like forward. an as seen in or an as seen yeah, on type exactly, of credibility, right? which as is important. In, I agree. Et cetera. But if you really understand the psychology of it, it's really about being in front of people, sharing your knowledge and getting as much visibility as you can. If you can do those things in a consistent basis, people just assume that you're an authority because they see you everywhere. It's an, It really truly is a numbers game, right? If somebody sees you 10, 20, 30 times, they just assume you must know what you're talking about and you're successful in your space, mm-hmm. right? It's a numbers game, obviously combined with the value of the content that you put into the world, right? right? You, and, and I'll use an example here, um, Andrew, which a whole lot of people are unaware of, right? There's a guy named Jeffrey Starr. Do you know who Jeffrey Starr is? I don't think I do. Okay. So Jeffrey Starr is a male makeup artist. And he started a YouTube show doing demonstrations of makeup for all these different industries, makeup for TV, makeup for, you know, for this type of event, makeup, different styles, like all this stuff. And it was very unique because it was, it's not common that there's a male makeup artist, right? Mm -hmm. So he got a lot of traction and people following him and he was doing all these demos and all these different strategies and all this stuff. And and he absolutely took off in his following on YouTube for his makeup demos. Cause he would literally turn like a male into a female, a female into a male. Demonstration, baby. It's called demonstration. Like yep. he was crazy talented. He's a true artist, right? Right. So Jeffrey Stardust started doing this about six years ago. About a year and a half ago, he launched his own cosmetics line oh. called Jeffrey Star Cosmetics. Okay. I had a Shopify store at the time. He launched it on Shopify. Sorry, this is actually probably closer to three years ago now. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he launched it on Shopify. He broke the Shopify infrastructure. For a day and a half. I know because my site was all screwed up because of the traffic that overloaded Shopify when he launched his makeup palette. If I remember correctly, he did about 60 million in revenue in two months. Oh, my God. Because of the authority and the audience. By the way, the authority that was pre-built. Pre-built. And probably, Aaron, if I had to guess, pre-built for a significant amount of time. He did it for five years okay. before he launched this. So he played because the I, you know, game. the thing I want to stop you on is a lot of business owners want to hit the easy button and they think that this manufacturing of authority is an overnight thing. And it's usually a, a like we said in the last episode, we did a two-part series on podcasts. It's a long game. The branding game is a long game. The authority building game is a long game, not a short game, unfortunately. Of course, we wish it was a short game, but it is sure. not. Sure. And, and, and you're right to make that point of distinction, right? 
is, is does that mean that you should stop doing your business and go build authority for five years before you launch something? No, it means you need to understand the power of it so that you can start to layer it into what you're yes. doing today in and understand what the outcome will with, be in the future. In conjunction with. Correct. Right. I believe that brand was actually acquired six months in by like a, like a L'Oreal oh, or geez. something like that for a $200 million. Like this is a kid in his home doing makeup demonstrations, Amazing. showing people these different strategies and showing people's immense talent. Gary Vaynerchuk did contact for six years on entrepreneurialism before he launched his first book, Jab, Jab, Jab. I always get it mixed up. Left hook, right hook, left hook, right hook. I can't remember. But didn't he start off doing like wine, wine related stuff? Right? Oh, that, that was I mean, the... that, that's a different story. Probably something we could analyze another day. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Kind of like the Joe Rogan experience. But he was putting out this content for five years. He launched his book. It was a bestseller in about two hours. Wow. Because he had manufactured the authority. Now I think he has five bestselling books. Yeah. You know, and where, what, how does he make money? Well, he's got a media agency. He's got a, he's got an agency like me. Right. Yep. And so, you know, he can, he has clients coming him, to, begging him to, to do their media because he's established that authority, right? right. So the, the point is that A, the power of authority is so enormous that if you don't understand it, you need to get your, your mind around it. The second part is, well, how do I do it? Right, because that was the, the the topic of today's show. Mm -hmm. How do I manufacture authority? And we're just going to talk about two really simple ways to do it today. Um, Andrew's going to talk a little bit about podcasting and having a show, right? And I'm going to talk about social media, right? So, Andrew, before, yeah, before you do, um, again, I want to reference that in the last two episodes of Sales Velocity TV. I don't know what number we're on right now. I should know this. This is embarrassing that I don't know this. This is pathetic. A lot. Want. Anyways, salesvelocitytv.com is where all the past episodes are. We did a two-part series on the power of podcasting. I think it's three things, Aaron, and we'll talk about them now. And podcasting is one of them, whether it's a show like this where we strip out the, the audio or it's just a traditional audio-based show. Um, absolutely critical today because getting your voice out there, and, and again, I referenced this last week and it's such an important point, is getting into the ears in a one-to-one -one conversation, in tapping into the lifestyle of your prospect while they're on the go, in the car, in the kitchen, in the gym, listening to you, game changer. I can't believe how many don't connect the dots I just mentioned, but that one-to-one -one conversation is one of the very few places that even exist today. So don't think about it as a show. Think about it as how can I have a one-to-one -one conversation with my prospect, get in their ears, get in their minds where they are most. Okay, that's number one. Number two, I'm still a big believer in publishing. Got to have a book. Perfect parlay, I, I, I and then you're going to talk social media. Those are the three pillars. Even to this day, when I see somebody who has a book, and I've helped a lot of people develop book you know, marketing strategies and stuff, I'm still like, wow, that person must be important. They've got a book. It, it, listen, we are – two things, Aaron. We are wired as humans, at least in North American society. Two things. When we see authors and we see speakers, and when I say speakers, I mean from stage, from TV, from video – we think of them as we, – we subconsciously think of them as they must be experts, they're authority figures because they're published, and they're speakers. Yep. So now, again, doesn't mean you have to go out and become an author. doesn't mean you have to go out and become a speaker. But if you want to manufacture authority – and when we say manufacture, we don't mean create something that doesn't, doesn't exist. We're assuming that you're in a business where you are an authority. You just haven't demonstrated it to enough people yet. 
right? We're not it's telling you to go out there and fake it. a fake authority or manufacture something that doesn't exist. We're speaking to you, the business owner, as the high-powered financial advisor, the high-powered personal trainer, the high-powered affiliate Attorney. marketer, right? Whatever you are, you're probably an expert in your field and you just take it for granted. You go, go about your work every single day. But now if you want a next level, you're going to need what Aaron said in the beginning, the visibility, the likability, the omnipresence of, and we'll talk about them today, book, podcast, social media presence, book, podcast, social media presence. Those are the three pillars, right? When you see a big brand take off like this guy you just mentioned, no doubt in my mind, I don't know if he has a book. Maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. If he was smart, he would. I don't know. I haven't right? kept up on him. Some businesses, you know, maybe not, but that, that tends to be the hardest one he to do. He had a YouTube show. It, that's what he had. He had a, a TV. YouTube show. Yeah, a internet TV, right? So he has, in most cases, you're going to see the big three in place. Publishing, published book, published asset, show of some kind, great social media presence. Those are the big Agreed. three. Agreed. And and so I'm going to talk really briefly about the social media side, Okay. right? It's a very misunderstood concept by a lot of people is that I don't want to be on social, blah, 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 blah. You just have to look at it like it's another media channel, right? It's such a love-hate relationship, right? It is, right? People <laughs> like, I don't want to go on social media, blah, blah, blah. Listen, your, your customers are on social media. I don't care what area, what age they are, what industry they are. I don't care. And they use it to look into you as a business owner to understand you better at a core level because we make decisions based on, on limbic system like where trust and tribe and credibility they're all they're all in here right so they want to get to know you better and so they do that through social media right and and there's two sides to the equation there's your organic and there's your paid right organic if you can be putting in from a business perspective valuable tips valuable insights into your industry interviewing other people in your industry um Changes that might be happening in legislation coming soon. Um, you know, tips to help people save more money, tips to help people be healthier, to whatever your industry is. We're literally talking about 30 seconds to three minute pieces of content that somebody in your industry would watch and they would assume you know what you're talking about because you're constantly giving. And when I say constantly, maybe it's three times a week, maybe it's once a day, you know, it all comes down to your timelines and your goals. If they see that constantly, when they make a decision to move forward in that industry, they're going to come to you first, right? And and a lot of people overthink this. They think they have to come to the table with some unique, exclusive angle that nobody else in their industry has ever thought of, and they're actually totally wrong. Right. You want to talk to your industry at a grade four level about the most basic things that they can instantly take as a bite-sized element and put in their life and see a result and think, wow, like that was easy. I wonder what else this person has to offer, you know, that might be a little bit more in depth or complex. We tend to, to tend to want to make it more complex when we should be making it less complex, right? And getting in the rhythm of just posting this, posting success stories of clients that you've had, case studies of your clients, testimonials from your clients. All of these elements, posting them consistently, the key is consistently, maybe it's once a day, maybe it's three times a week, are definitely across all the channels yep. that you can be on. I mean, when people say, what channels should I be on? I say all of the channels, right? Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, LinkedIn, YouTube, uh, TikTok, 
what's the downside to taking one piece of content and, and syndicating across everything? And there's tools That's, that can do that for you today. You don't need to be doing it one by one by one by one. Of, there's tons of virtual assistant services all over the planet that can do this. Or for software platforms huge today that you syndicate Absolutely. once and it goes to four or five, six different places based on the one push of a button, right? Right. Now, a lot of people at this point, they'll say, well, I understand what you're saying, but I don't really have a lot of reach. I don't have a lot of friends. I don't have a lot of followers. I don't, I a hundred percent understand what you're saying. So it feels like it's a waste of your time because nobody's seeing it. That's where the second part comes in is the paid side, mm -hmm. right? You can take a piece of content on Facebook and Instagram, for example, and you can put that directly in front of your ideal client avatar. Right. So if I was, you know, a, like say a financial advisor, for example, I can target my state, the age of the person. Are they an entrepreneur or not? Do they follow investment, you know, advice, websites, newspapers, magazines? I can highly target the exact audience that I want to get in front of. And for as little as five bucks a day, mm -hmm. I can put that content in front of that exact audience that I want to talk to. And people will watch that video that you've created for about three cents each, right? I could not stand on the side of the road and pay people, random people walking by three cents to get them to watch my, they'd be like, do you want to, you want to talk about this? You want to hear about this? I'm going to give you three cents. I'd be like, get out of my face, right? You can do that all day, every day on automation so that you're constantly chipping away. Mm -hmm. at the resistance and building up your authority. I mean, Andrew, for you and me, um, for our software pipeline pro, for example, we have about 15 of these videos running a day with a $5 a day ad budget behind them, saturating the hell out of our ideal audience. And, and people just come through and buy all day, every day, all day, every day, because they view us as an authority in our space, right? When we're talking about being able to manufacture authority, having the combination of organic and paid, and we're talking about budgets like three to five bucks a day to get in front of tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of people in our ideal audience, nonetheless. Mm -hmm. And you compare that to 20 years ago where you'd say, okay, I wanna go in front of my ideal audience. I'm in financial planning. I think that the best place I could go is the New York Times or- Big broad, or, big broad advertising or Forbes, or get on uh, get on CNN, or be on one of those financial talk shows, you're talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars mm -hmm. that you can now do yourself and manufacture the same outcome to the equation. It's never been easier, it's never been cheaper, and quite frankly, and, and then listen, know, Aaron, it's never been more targeted. Because, of, because of the targeting mechanisms that you're explaining, in Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Google, Twitter, whatever, more so those platforms, you can carve out who sees your ads. I'll give you an example. Yesterday, I was working with a client in the financial services space. He was running his first ad on Facebook because he normally does live seminars. Sure. So we built a funnel for him because he didn't. he's never had an online presence. And he was now ready to run an ad. So we went on Facebook. And what we did was we chose the age demographic, which was 50 to 65 plus. There's one yep. chunk. We chose household income, whatever, whatever, over 100K. There's like, there's some light income targeting there. It isn't as, as targeted as age demographic and location-based demographic. Male and female. So he could have went male or female, but he did male or female. 
And I don't know if he chose his area or if he went nationwide, but just let, let's say hypothetically he chose the state he lives in, which is Texas. Do you see sure. what just happened right there? He just basically told Facebook, I don't want you to show my ad, the ad you're talking about, Aaron, to mm -hmm. anybody that isn't between the ages of 55 or si five, 50 to 65 plus that doesn't make X amount and that doesn't live outside of Texas. That is unbelievable. In your example before, if my strategy 15 years ago was to go on CNN or USA Today or New York Times, I'm spraying my messaging across every single human being that reads that. I have no idea if they're in my demographic and I'm hoping the phone rings for right. 50K. That is insane, which to your point, you're absolutely right. This game is easier to play than ever. But I think because there's so many tools and there's so much coming at us, we get in like a deer in headlights moment and we we don't see, we, we miss the forest for the trees, right? We think it's just so well, and, and difficult, but yet it's so simple because you well, can drill I down. Take it, I want to take it, I don't want to get too technical on here because sometimes when I get too technical, people glaze over, right? But let's say 20 years ago, we went on a show. Yep. We did a show. Right. We, we hear that we got in front of X, X amount of households, right? What do you do now? Well, you sit and wait. Sit and wait. See, see if you made any money. If you made some money, you go, well, I guess we made money. Let's, let's do it again. No tracking, right? right? No tracking. No tracking, Oof, right? Brutal. In today's environment, I can put 10 or 15 pieces of content in front of my ideal demographic, put a three to $5 a day ad budget in front of them, wait until 1,000, 10,000, 100,000 people watch my videos, and it's saved in a file in Facebook and Instagram, where now when I wanna sell something, I can say, I would like to put my next ad in front of all of the people that watched at least three of my videos, bang. So now you've got the hottest audience possible. When you talk about like radio and TV and, and you don't know, you don't have the data of who actually watched your stuff and engaged with it. You just have to go spray this wide you know, campaign again where in today's technology, you can put content out and then only show your offer to people who've watched your content before. Think about how targeted that is. Aaron, uh, what you just said, I know for a fact that a lot don't know exists. So it's really important that you might listen to this again or watch this again at salesvelocitytv.com because most don't realize that you can chunk down with small amounts of money and drill down on, on audience like Facebook and Instagram allow you to do. And that's a really Absolutely. important point that you make. Not, to, I mean, we've done traffic episodes before, but this is called targeted traffic. This is called targeted media, where in years past, we didn't have targeted media. We had big, broad, take a chance at it media, hope for the best media for multiple five figures. The yep. fact that you can let ads run at 10, 15, 20 bucks a day, let's say, on autopilot, choosing, picking away at the right audience is something that if you haven't wrapped your head around yet, it's like Nirvana when you do, because it allows you to just be running essentially your own commercial to the right people on autopilot day in and day out. And it's crazy not to do that. This is, again, the paid side of what you're talking about. But right. I just and, and I wanted I to nail that home further. again because very few understand it. And I can take it a step further. For our software, for example, if we just put one of our ads in front of an audience that doesn't know who we are, we pay four times the amount to acquire a customer than when I put an ad in front of somebody that's seen our content, watched our show, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, because they already believe that we're an authority, right? Think about the difference. You and know, they've already consumed, so it's like, hey, it's the commercial that shows up again on the next show and again tomorrow and again on the next show. 
That's what, what in our world, what's called retargeting, which is essentially what commercials did in years past, or they still do today, actually. But they're not targeted. They're just on networks. Yeah, they're just this, this wide open audience yep. hope for it. And they say, well, we think we hit your audience because traditionally we get, you know, 30 to 50 female people. Okay, well, that's decent targeting. But like, what if I just want to do my local geo? What if I want to do my own town? What if I want to do yep. my own state? What if I want to only make sure that they, they have X amount of interest? What do I do after they've watched it? Can I retarget those people and hit those, the only those people who were interested watched my content? Can I retarget them with my ad after? No, you can't do any of those things in big box media. Nope, but you can't you control every element in your Twitters, your Instagrams, your Facebooks, your Googles, your YouTubes, your TikToks, right? And, and not only are you being able to hyper-target, you're saturating the audience over and over and over again to the point where people are going, man, this, this, this guy, this girl, this company really knows what they're talking about. Let me reach out to them about joint ventures or media opportunities. Hey, come on my podcast. Hey, come on my show. You seem to be an authority in your space. The superfluous benefits of it. I'm, I don't even have enough time in this show to go into the superfluous benefits of it are enormous, enormous yeah. where now you start getting invited to other people's show and getting to leverage their audience and their authority because they view you as an authority. And, and now it becomes the spider web, which we drilled effect. down on in the last episode, by the way, specific to podcasts. Exactly. So with, with what I consider, I call these micro budgets, it has never been easier to manufacture authority in your industry, your niche, your space than it is today. It just really comes down to being consistent and being comfortable in the role. Right. Right. Agreed. Agreed. So that's the social media angle. Mm -hmm. From there, I won't belabor the podcast point because, again, I can't stress the importance of having a voice out there on a regular basis. We talked about that in the last two episodes. I talked about it a little bit today. Again, that one-to-one -one conversation feel. Um, and that's path of least resistance to me is sitting behind a mic, pretend we're not even on camera. I mean, you could have your shirt off and nobody knows about it. So there's no like awkwardness of being on camera. Go path of least resistance and just get a show going. Thirdly, we won't belabor this point either for the sake of time, but becoming an author. I had a guy yesterday, Aaron. So good point here on the authorship. I'm at the gym with my kids because they take they take their fitness class that I take them to on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And one of the trainers in there has been telling me for like three months about the book that he has coming out on fitness and mindset. He used to play – I was a football player like me. So we got to talking and he wanted to write a book on you know life after football. Kind of a cool concept we got talking about. So he's been excited to tell me that the book is coming out. And finally, like I walk in the door yesterday. He's like, check it out. Boom, it's done. He hands me the physical book. You know, 57 pages, nice cover, thin, great design. He's published on Amazon. He probably did the book. I mean, it probably took him a long time because he put a lot of heart and soul into it. But he could be, you could be published on Amazon with a little, don't think two, 300 page book. Think quick guide, right? To have a published asset like that. He was, so, he's so excited. Like everybody that walked into the gym, he was like, here's my book. You guys see my book? My book's done. Finally, right. my book's he's done. He's a personal trainer, right? He's a personal trainer. Exactly. Right. So if I'm if I'm going into a gym and I'm shopping for a personal trainer, mm -hmm. and I meet a personal trainer, and the personal trainer says, "Hi, this is my background, whatever, whatever," and the other one says, "Hi, this is my background. Why don't you take a free copy of my book?" I'm like, instantly, I'm going instantly. That's a guy wrote a book on his process. They could be the worst trainer on the planet, and so, I'm instantly assuming that they're the they're the better authority in the hundred percent. Give give you another example. So. 
I train with the X3 bar, which you know I'm fanatic about. I'm fanatical about. I got you and a gazillion others to train on it. Heavy duty variable resistance band concept. Um, I've been in the weight room using weights my whole life. So you're going to have a real difficult time selling me on not doing weights anymore and moving your entire regimen since the age of 14 onto a variable resistance band system. The only thing that got me, I watched all the videos, learned about the science, the doctor behind it, great background, how he came from an osteoporosis background and developed this machine that solved osteoporosis, which by mistake and by accident led him into fitness and the result it can get from a muscle building standpoint. But it was his best-selling book called Why Weightlifting is a Waste of Time, which when I saw the title, I was immediately offended. <laughs> so I Disrupted. get this, Disrupted. like, I don't even want to. How dare you say weightlifting is a waste of time? But that's what the it's what the weak mind does. It gets offended by everything. I get offended for like ten seconds, then I go, hmm, let's figure out why weightlifting is a waste of time. Is there science behind this? Is there an alternative view behind this? If so, I want to know about it because I want to know everything. You know, I don't have emotional attachment to anything. I'd like you to sell me on why you think this band system can get me a better result than the weights I've been on for the last three decades. And sure enough. 200 peer-reviewed study, 200 science reports, best-selling book, great literature, great read. And here I am 16 months later at 48 years old in the best condition of my life with body fat now at the same level it was at in college in more body mass at 48 than I had at 28 because of one system. But it was the book, the authority of the book, Aaron, that got me to buy in. Videos helped. Podcasters are great. I've listened to a lot of his podcasts, watched a lot of videos, but for some reason for me, and again, he's smart because he's in video, he's on a lot of podcasts, and he's got the book, and he's huge on social media. So to put a bow on this whole thing, and we'll get him on the show as a guest once in a while because that is a sales machine for all the reasons we've mentioned here today. Massive social media presence, all people demonstrating their results, best-selling book, podcast, huge YouTube presence demonstrating this piece of equipment. Every it's textbook. It's everything we've talked about here today. But the book got me. For you, Aaron, it could have been a YouTube video that got you, or it could have been a podcast interview that it, got it you. It was YouTube, but, and I think that's okay. The, but but do you see the point? Yeah, multimedia the point I, depends on what you consume and what you needed to get you over the hump. And and that's the point that I want to end with today. Is when you hear this, you might go, "Well, oh, that's a whole lot of things that I need to do." <laughs> is, yeah. You know, no, no, no. You start with one, right? If it's a book, it's a book. If it's a podcast, it's a podcast. It's a show, it's a show. If it's social, it's social, right? You start with one, but you have to understand that in this long game of what we're talking about, about manufacturing fame, people respond to different forms of media That's just right. based on their makeup, right? Andrew's makeup responds best to a book. Mine actually responds best to YouTube videos, right? So you want to end up having this entire portfolio. portfolio of where you're doing it everywhere so that when a client's doing research, they're like, oh my God, he's got this, he's got that, she's got this, she's got that. It, 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 the authority that that creates in their mind will allow you to go from selling to order taking. Further, furthermore, that. authority- selling to order taking. Exactly. Well said. Furthermore, authority leads to credibility. Credibility leads to trust. Trust leads to being able to, like you said, like we say on the show, selling more with less resistance, removing all the toughness of selling. And like you said, Aaron, order taking. What a great thing. 
And he's at the point now. That business model is at the point now. I love that business model. I want to. I can't wait to get him on the show because he does a lot of podcasts. That business model is at critical mass right now. And the cool part about it is the customers now sell the product. Yeah, it's Word so it's just testimonial, testimonial. One, re- it reminds me of like back in the day on TV. One of the biggest weight loss plays I think was Nutrisystem or. Was it Nutrisystem, Aaron, or was it Weight Watchers? One of them was huge. Weight Watchers, Nutrisystem, Jenny Craig. They all hit it big at one point. And you know what it was? When the people start getting results in droves, before and after is, if you have a before and after play in your business, like the makeup guy you mentioned, like the X3 guy I mentioned, you got to leverage the before and after or you're just missing the mark. Their whole business model now is, is people just like, kind of creepy, like showing off their naked bodies online with the muscle they built and like guys in their underwear. It's like... But hey, that's what's selling the product right now because it's body transformation. So what is it in your business? If you can demonstrate trans- transformation throughout all these media sources, really, you know, we could do a whole episode on transformation, right? That's yep. what sells because that's what gets to the emotion, not the logic aspect of what you offer. Yeah. All right, buddy. For the sake of time, it's uh, a whole bunch of calls that I have and you have and we have. We have some coaching to do today, but this was a good one. Authority is key. You've got to figure out a way to manufacture it. And again, to preface that, manufacturing means building it, not creating it from air. You obviously have the, we're talking to you as if you have authority, but you're not using enough media sources and you're not demonstrating it enough. And when you're not playing all out to build the brand and build the visibility, it's going to be really tough. As I like to say, you could have the cure for cancer, but nobody's going to get cured by it if they don't know about it because there is no visibility or authority being constructed or architected around it. And that's what we want to push you to on this episode. Check out the last two on podcasting where we did a deep dive on how to build your own show on salesvelocitytv.com. And we'll see you guys and gals next week, same time, same place. If you watch the live version, we are live every Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern in the public Sales Velocity TV channel. Get all past episodes, download the audio, download it on your favorite podcast platform. Again, over at salesvelocitytv.com. This one's a wrap. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Sales Velocity TV is powered by Pipeline Pro, the ultimate all-in-one sales pipeline management and marketing automation platform that makes all others obsolete. And we can prove it. Take a tour at gopipelinepro.com. See you on the next episode.